0: Das sind die Daily Nuggets auf sportradio360.de Kurz, knackig, sinnfrei Gemäß unserem Motto hart in der Sache, nicht im Nehmen Heute mit dem Blick auf den US-Sport Es ist wieder ja Welchen Wochentag haben wir eigentlich? So genau, weiß ich das, zwischen den Jahren bzw. nach den Feiertagen nicht. Aber wir haben ein neues Jahr 2020. Erstmal frohes neues Jahr an alle Hörer. Und dann ein frohes neues Jahr an Cell und willkommen zum US-Sport-Daily. Mal wieder nach langer, langer Zeit. Hallo Cell, wie geht's dir?
1: Servus y'all. Huckam, Lars, yes, it was a long time. I want to wish you and your family Merry Christmas, Happy New Year and to all of our listeners as well. So um, it's been a long time. It's a nice little break.
0: Ja, und äh, ja, wir hoffen natürlich, dass ihr alle gut rübergekommen seid und einen guten Start hattet, hattet ins neue Jahr. Und ja, guten Start, äh, einen äh, geldreichen Start gab es in der Free Agency mhm. der MLB oh, und äh, das ist so das erste Thema was wir uns anschauen wollen und äh, ja, lass uns vielleicht gleich mal äh, mit den Teams anfangen, die dir so ein bisschen mhm. nahe liegen aus den Städten, wo du mal gewohnt hast, wo du Connections zu hast und dann lass uns doch gleich mal anfangen mit den New York Mets. Ähm, tja, äh, was machst du aus der bisherigen Offseason der New York Mets? Ähm, Rick Porcello, äh, Michael, wie, wie wird er ausgesprochen, Wacker, mhm. ähm, ja... Brady, Bragg, um, okay, Zach Wheeler ist weg. Uh, was hat dir gefallen? Was hat dir nicht gefallen an der bisherigen Free Agency der New York Mets? Macht es die Mets besser?
1: Uh, that I don't know. I, I think that if, um, if they were in der in the market for Garrett Cole yeah. or for uh, Mike Trout, someone a big name Free Agency, and, and I know the Mets have done that before and They've made themselves uh, – they've, uh, they've uh, committed themselves to big salaries, big names, big salaries. And, you know, being in New York, they're like that. Um, does it make the Mets better? I don't know. Um, it's all about will they be able to perform. Um, you know, there was that period in August where the Mets started getting – like playing really, really well. They were the best team in the major leagues. I got into it um, and just kind of taught me a lesson that I should follow along from from opening day all the way. I mean, I really enjoyed watching all the highlights. Thanks to the Mets. The Mets are my first love. And so if they can play well, if they don't put themselves in a deep hole with this new team, that's fine. But they didn't get Strasburg. They didn't get Cole. Uh, they got little pieces to kind of build a team. Maybe they're doing analytics. Maybe they're just trying to find these little pieces. Um, but it's about performing. And... I just hope that they just don't put themselves in a the big hole so that when they do get hot, that they can get them. Because they were never they never got to first place or, excuse me, second place in the wild card standings. There were always one game. I, mean, I think if I remember, yeah, Lars, if you remember, they were like one game away. And all they had to do was win. And they just kept losing that one game. And then when they got swept by the Cubs and someone else, the Cubs and the – I also the Nats. But they got that – they got lost six in a row. I gave up. And then I even wrote to you. I said, "How are they still in this? How are we still two games away?" Um, so it showed the Mets' staying power. And I hope that no one gets there's no serious injury. Just like with every other team, that they just. Have, but for the Mets, the last few years they've been putting themselves in a hole. This year they weren't able to get over it, and so I hope I hope it works out. And you know we'll we'll see how um, spring training goes and see if the team um, responds.
0: Ja, Garrett Cole hättest du so gerne gehabt. Yeah. Er bleibt mhm. in der Stadt. Also ich meine, es ist im Grunde wie bei den Knicks und bei mhm. den äh, Nets. Ähm, <lacht> so, äh, ja, ne, also es ist äh, Großraum New York. Ähm, Garrett Cole geht für neun Jahre und schlagte ja. 324 Millionen Dollar mhm. zu den New York Yankees. Und die haben natürlich auch ein ganz, ganz schlimmes Jahrzehnt hinter sich. Äh, ich weiß gar nicht, ist es das erste Jahrzehnt gewesen in der Geschichte der... MLB, in dem sie nicht in der World Series gestanden haben, auf jeden Fall warten sie schon ganz, ganz lange seit 2009 jetzt Mhm. auf eine Finalserie überhaupt, also große Krise in New York, nicht Mhm. nur bei den Mets. Wenn du dann den Vertrag siehst, neun Jahre, 324 Millionen, ja, die Frage nach der Berechtigung, glaubst du denn, dass sie den Vertrag irgendwann bereuen werden bei Cole oder ist das genau so ein Spieler, der ihnen jetzt noch gefehlt hat? Yeah. wo sie einen guten Pitcher jetzt haben, Starting Pitcher, und äh, jetzt können die Yankees eben dann, ja, äh, yeah, over the hump gehen, vielleicht yeah. auch kombiniert mm-hmm. damit, dass die anderen nicht unbedingt besser geworden sind,
1: gegen die sie dann spielen yeah. werden. Yeah. If there was one team or two, I guess three teams that could, no, sorry, four teams that could afford him, Boston, New York and the California teams, uh, the Angels and, um, and so, the Dodgers. Yeah. Those were the teams that he was going to go to. That was clear. The Yankees and the the, the fit for the Yankees was perfect because, yes, I think seeing how the Yankees played in, in 17, 18, and 19 and seeing how they lost to the Astros, and they were very close. I mean, if you saw that last series, I mean, maybe it's a good thing that the Astros didn't win. We'll get to that in a second. The Yankees, every time those guys were up, Judge, uh, Glaber, Torres, my God, I was like, please don't let the Yankees beat the, come on Astros, beat the Yankees. I mean, it's always nice to see the Yankees lose. It's just like, it's always good to see the Dallas Cowboys lose. It's always good to see uh, the Washington National lose. So unfortunately, that didn't happen. But um just don't know, but but I, I saw this team and yes, it brings them over the hump because the one thing that they didn't have was that closeout pitcher. The Astros had have three of those pitchers. And the Cole has become the most dominant pitcher last year. Um, he didn't win the Cy Young, but he definitely was someone that if the Astros pitched him in game seven and won, maybe he might have stayed with the Astros. I think he was you can see his face, he was like, I'm fucking out of here. And um, and I know that look because I feel that I felt that way all of 2019 looking for new jobs that, you know what, I'm just so out of here. I'm sick and tired of it. And you saw that look on the face. I felt his pain. I felt his motivation. And so if he continues to pitch the way he does and the Yankees continue to hit the way they do and develop talent like they do, I think that this brings them on the hump and they will go in the World Series. Like you said, it's a, it's a kleine krise or it's a grosser krise on their part. You know they're, they're quick to remind you, 27 World Series titles, they're quick to remind you that they're the Bronx Bombers. Um, they play like it they should have um, been in the World Series um, the, la- the two of the last three years, if not all three years. And they have the team, they have the talent. Uh, they just need pitching. And that was the one thing that was always missing is how do they, I mean, I've never heard of this before. And of course, this is a new baseball uh, culture of a bullpen game. I've never heard of that before. Um, but now that I know what it is, the Yankees still need that closeout pitcher that even if it's a bullpen game, which is what they say if you go back to 2001 was the first time that I kind of saw that where you start shilling and you finish with Randy Johnson. You never thought about that, but you realize, holy shit, you can do that. So you think about it, the Dodgers thought that they were going to close out the game, close out the Nationals with Kershaw. That's what you want. And unfortunately, Kershaw is not is no longer a guy that can smoke it past you. But if the Yankees can get that Verlander, a Cole, um, a Strasburg, or even um, – uh, Okay, why is his name? Um, I'm losing his name uh, from the Nationals. Scherzer, sure, someone to come in and finish the seventh and eighth and ninth with power and pitching and, and 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 consistency. Yes, Cole puts them over the hump, and I see the. I say the Yankees are definitely in the, at least ALCS championship, the ALCS, and if not, definitely the World Series.
0: Yeah, ja, und die überleitung uh, machst du mm-hmm. ja im Grunde heute selber, also Gerrit Cole uh, von den Houston Astros. Yeah. dann zu den Yankees und ich habe es ja eben gesagt, die anderen sind nicht unbedingt besser geworden, also du hast es ja eben erwähnt, dass den Yankees äh, vor allem Pitching gefehlt hat. Äh, was machst du denn jetzt aus den Astros? Also fangen wir mal erst yeah. mal mit dem oh. Sportlichen an, dass ein Spieler yeah. jetzt fehlt, Garrett Cole. Ähm, ja, das wird schon yeah. eine ziemliche Lücke reißen ähm, und wir yeah. können ja gleich noch zu dem Punkt kommen, was neben dem Sport da so abgeht im Moment rund sure. um die Houston sure. Astros, sure. aber fangen wir mal mhm. sportlich an. Du hast jetzt gesagt, was er den Yankees bringt. was fehlt denn jetzt den Astros und was können die denn vielleicht noch machen? Siehst du überhaupt noch eine Chance, dass sie den Kader ansatzweise wieder dann auf so ein Niveau bekommen wie letztes Jahr?
1: Ja, yeah. yeah, it's a big hole. It's 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 a huge hole. Cole developed himself into a good player. But you know what? We thought about the same thing when they lost Dallas Keichel. Um uh when they lost a couple of free agencies, I think was it is it Lance McCullers? Um, but they but they lost some people, um, and um, um, who was a pitcher? Sorry, they they faced a pitcher against the Royals. Um, I forget who it was that, that helped them win Game Seven against the Dodgers. Um, sorry, I should have prepared the name. But anyway, it, it, but that happens in a team. You're going to lose some pieces. Um, you know the Nationals. They lost Rendon. Um, you know, so you know you have to you think about that. So it's a big hole. Cole But I think the Astros they um, uh, they re-signed Guriel um, and everything. But but in that World Series, like I said. They played really well against the Nationals. Um, The Nationals really, oh my gosh, I mean, talk about hitting. You knew that uh, every time um, uh, those guys were up, um, uh, they really made sure that uh, they made the Astros pay. Um, They couldn't get those outs, but it was an even series. Someone had to lose, but it was an even series um, uh, that uh, it could have gone either way. And I think that if Cole had pitched that, so I think the Astros will fill those holes. I think that they're good enough. They're they, they believe in um in analytics, so they'll find a way to do it. They may not win the World Series this year. I think uh, I would definitely put up, um, uh, put the Yankees above them, but I think that they're definitely second. Uh, so the Astros have a strong team. They have a powerful team. They're offense. I, I said this also always throughout the whole season. The only way the Astros lose is um, when they beat themselves, and they just didn't get the um. Uh, they didn't get uh, uh, the big hits when they needed. I think that they were just too overconfident, that no worries, we'll get the hits, we'll get the hits. And then um, it was the Nationals who got the hits. So on a, on a World Series, on, a, on, like I said, on the field, they just couldn't get the big hits. Now, off the field, I just think that karma plays a huge thing. And the World Series started the wrong way for them with that controversy about domestic violence, Um, And, and I mean, seriously, I I try to put myself, and I wish we could have talked then, I've been in the Astros locker room many times, both in the Astrodome and in the new, um, um, uh, at Minute Maid. And I was thinking to myself, I can really put myself in a situation that if I heard someone saying that what he said to female reporters… Would I? And I probably should have. And I was like, actually, it's not a question of would I, but I just like, how would I have said it? I said I would have been like, I mean, do I lose my credentials? Do I whatever? But you know what? The the, the way in this Me Too movement and things coming out, maybe I I would have been it would have bought me more publicity as 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 a as as a reporter. But I would have told the guy, I'd be like, Lars, excuse me, that's not cool, man. You know, you can't say that shit. And for him to say that, and in a way, what maybe what he could have said, if you can, it's like, yes, it was, I mean, in, in, in a professional and in a, in a proper way with microphones in his face and say, we knew when we got him, we knew he came with a lot of baggage, but we knew what he could do on the field. So, yes, we're kind of glad we got him. We're going to help him through his, uh, uh, his issues. But we're standing here today going to the World Series because of him. Instead of saying, that's right. We got him and we're happy. We got him. I mean, he was talking like, you know, fuck you ladies for your stupid ass B two movement and your domestic. I mean, like the one reporter, she tweets every time um, he was pitching to remind people that this guy beats his wife. And in this, today's world and in today's Twitter world and in, um, in America, there's free speech. And yeah, it could become annoying, but I'm sorry. The guy did beat his wife, whether or not he did his time or not. I mean, people still give Michael Vick. For what he did with dogs, there's people who you're not going to satisfy everybody. But the way you handle it, the way you handle it with grace. So that started off that part. Then the whole, the whole video. I mean, yeah. look at the look at the Patriots. They're getting caught every time. And I love how Bill Simmons says, yeah, yeah, let's let's find out how we can beat the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals are one in one in one in 12 when they played them or whatever they were. It's like, do you really need to do that? What what are you doing? Maybe it helped them. Maybe it really did help them hit it. And maybe that's what happened was that maybe their confidence, maybe this is, you know, that what really sucks is for the Astros, because they lost the World Series and they could, and as I just mentioned, they couldn't get those big hits. Maybe that's exactly what happened. Think about all the times that Strasbourg got out of an inning, every time Scherzer got out of an inning. Um, if you look back at Game 5 of 2017 World Series, every time the Astros needed a home run, every time they needed a big hit, they fucking got it. Did that help? Probably, maybe not, but we'll never know, um, or we'll, we do know that because that came out, Well, yeah, we'll never know if that exactly helped them. We know they've got talent. We know they've got it. It's just like with steroids. Steroids doesn't help you with your baseball skills, but it definitely helps you recover. Does it help you hit a fastball out of the park um, if you know it's coming? No, because you should be able to hit a fastball. I mean, if you told me, Sal, I'm going to throw this fastball right down the middle of the plate, hit it out of the park, doesn't mean I'm going to hit it. but. Does it help? Does yeah. it give you a little bit of an edge? I think so. So um, uh, so I think karma played a big role for the Astros, and they're going to have a lot to do with it. Um, and maybe that's why Cole was the second. And like I said, not pitching Cole um, and, and, and those two incidents off the field really hurt them um, in the World Series and then now going to next season. And so, of course, if the Astros win and they do it, Without it, but I think in every ballpark this year, they're going to hear it. They're going to hear cheaters, cheaters. They're going to hear um, people going to bang uh, stuff to to dis- distract them or whatever. Um, but that's what you get. And especially what sucks is when you win, it brings that shit on you. And um, and they deserve it. And hopefully they will become more humble with it and do everything right with the MLB. I don't know, Lars. I haven't kept t- track. I mean, was there were there any at the end of the day any kind of suspensions or or fines? Videos?
0: Yeah. Um, There's um, there's a news report that the leak is going through seventy six thousand emails and um, has talked to sixty witnesses and they are still in an investigation. Is what from from what I've um, seen lately. So um, yeah, they're going through it. I mean, there's there's a Twitter uh, (laughs) video on there um, from uh, at John Boy underscore um, where you can pretty clearly see and follow, um, it's against the um, Chicago White Sox, um, where you can pretty much see that each time the signal gets there, there's a bang on, on a trash can from the Astros' dog out there. Yeah, Yeah. So you I remember can that, pretty yeah. much have proof of what they did there or what they tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's obvious that th- I think there's going to be coming something. Yeah, of course. And and
1: we have to see if it's going to cost them draft picks. I mean, that's what I did with the Patriots draft picks. It's going to cost them um, uh, firing or suspensions. I mean, think about what they did with Sean Payton when they found out it was um, the headhunting. Headhunting, what was that for what they called? Um, uh, Whatever gate it was called. Um, It just definitely, um, uh, they they should pay for it. I mean, the thing is that you know, as in the PTI during the whole controversy, cheating has been part of baseball, stealing signs. But uh, and and the way they did it was so. They're stealing signs and they're stealing signs. I mean, you can. I mean,
0: everybody's scouting and everybody's trying to do something to get an edge. Sure, sure. To do it in this way is, yeah. I mean, definitely. uh, Yeah, but um. Lass uns noch ein bisschen äh, über die sure. über die Free Agents sure. reden. Es ähm, gab ja noch ein paar andere äh, größere Verträge, die dann äh, ausgegeben wurden und auch ja, sehr bekannte Spieler, die dann äh, noch gewechselt sind. Ähm, dann hatten wir Anthony Randon um, von yeah. den Nationals um, zu den Angels. Du hat es erwähnt, die Angels um, ein Team, was auch um, Geld hat und wo man eben sagen kann, okay, um, die könnten jetzt vielleicht um, ja, ich meine... Bei den Angels ist es immer so. Was, was glaubst du denn, was bringt ihnen das? Also wie nah bringt es die Angels, äh, sage ich jetzt mal, vielleicht äh, an die an die Dodgers wieder ran, ähm, wenn man jetzt anguckt, ähm, ja. ja was was sie gemacht haben. Ähm, ich meine, Randon, ähm, ja vom vom Champion jetzt zu ihnen gewechselt und sie haben mit Mike Trout um, vielleicht immer noch den besten Spieler der Liga um, mhm. in ihren Reihen. Die beiden zusammen, ist das was, wo du sagst, okay, das ist jetzt ein Core, auch mit anderen Spielern natürlich zusammen. Um, da können sie zumindest mal eine Playoff-Runde gewinnen. Um, wo ja. siehst du die Angels jetzt aktuell nach,
1: nach sure, der Offseason? Sure. This was definitely a move to, to make Mike Trout stay. Ja. Even though Mike Trout is not a Diva um, he has to think about it, and he has to be hearing it that he is the best player of our generation, of this current generation. And there could be when uh, finally he can say to them, "Look, I've given everything I can. I want to play in the World Series. Trade me to the Yankees. Trade me to the Phillies. Trade me to the Astros. Um, Astros wouldn't happen because they're playing the same division. Um, I would say that first of all, <clears throat> Rendon makes them more interesting." Um, if you throw in also uh, Tehani um, and everything else that they that they, they can do as a team, you know the, the Angels. I mean, I remember going to the game there. It was really enjoyable there. But if you, um, I'm just looking at the at the quickly at the stats. You know, you had um, you know of course Mike uh, Mike Trout is. Uh, I don't know. Is a pull? Did he retire or is he coming back? I, I haven't kept track of that. Um, uh, but it, but Pulhos is basically yeah like it's just he's just a walking a walking dead in the sense of like you know you can't really trust him he's going to have his games but not every night he's not a day in day out player um, uh, but like I said Otani um, I don't know and Justin Upton just you know just all these players they're good you you got to think about the pitching um, first of all Rendon the, um, not staying with the Nationals you know you knew the Nationals were going to choose one or the other choosing your favorite kid um but they they had to go with um Strasbourg yeah. was uh, has been their baby and so I definitely understand that if they could have found some money for Rendon but you know I, first of all what a what a great series for that guy a great playoff series I think you know the stats show he just showed up I mean that that is clutch um so when it comes to pitching uh, I'm just like looking at their um look at um how many wins we're talking about Oh my gosh! If you look at their 2019, no one had double-digit wins. Uh, their starters went 72 and 90. So um, even without looking at—I mean, the stats are just helping me—but even without looking at the stats, you can see that um, I think they're going to have to do what the Mets are doing: find some um, some some ways to get some wins from their starters as well as um, um, a, a good bullpen. Just get those right um, pieces to. Um, uh, to try to get um, uh, some wins there, and uh, if I look, I mean, I'm just going to compare it to the Houston Astros who won the division. Um, uh, wh- why am I not seeing? Oh no, that was, sorry, that was the postseason. I apologize. Uh, no, actually, the, they weren't in the postseason. But if you look at the regular season, the Astros had Verlander, Cole, and even though uh, Wade Miley disappeared, he was 14 and six. So right there, you had three starters in, in triple digits, and their starters were 107 and 55. OK, so right there, you can see the difference between the Astros. And of course, it helped to have someone like Cole. That's 26, excuse me, 20 wins that you're going you're gonna to lose. Um, who, who shows up from there is going to be huge. Um, I think the Astros also played um, and they, they pitched other players um, that um, they just have to develop them and, 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 and to deliver in the limelight of the postseason. The Angels don't have that experience. So if they're going to make a run next year. They need to at least make a wild card. They need to get Mike Trout in the playoffs. They need to maybe win the series. Maybe they win the wild card game and maybe they play a division series and maybe they get lucky. So, how far away? I don't know. I mean, think about the Padres. They signed um, Machado. Did that help them? No. I mean, I actually quickly predicted that. that I said, like I said, I think this is the same conversation with Machado. It's like, okay, they were 40 games out of 500, uh, There were 20 games behind first place. Does Machado help them? recover that i didn't think so and does this help the angels get in a par with the uh with the astros i don't think so but it will definitely make them more um more interesting um and more powerful and uh and unfortunately i don't know how it is with other free agents but you see with the yankees when free big time free agents come to a team there's so many expectations um can they deliver and that's going to be the important thing. Yeah, I'm looking at the, at the Angels. I mean, think about it. There were 35 games behind the Astros. Does Rendon help them 35 games? No. But if you combine Astros losing 20 games yeah. and maybe winning five more games, it brings them a little closer. But think about it. The Oakland A's were just as um, uh, nerfig, I should say, more a, uh, frustrating for the Astros. I, in fact, if anything, I, I was happy the Astros didn't play in the first round with the, with the, with the A's, but I knew that if they were to play, this would have been a tough series uh, for the Astros. So this is a tough division now. Um, uh, if you bring the Angels in there, just the Angels have to make sure that they can, um, uh, like I said, same with the Mets. Don't fall behind. Yeah. Coming there with 35 games, oh, that's, that's a big mountain. But they're going to be more interesting and I think it'll be interesting. If you're an Angels fan, you're renewing your season tickets because of Rendon. Yes.
0: Yeah, and, um, yeah. Ja, also im Grunde, wenn wir jetzt durchgehend Cole hatten, wir drüber gesprochen, gesprochen, um, Rendon mm-hmm. und Strasburg, um, beide für 245 Millionen und sieben Jahre. Unterschrieben, Wieler, hatte ich erwähnt, von den Mets zu mm-hmm. den Phillies. Um, ja, und f- Nummer 5 ist dann uh, Matt Bam, uh, Madison Bamgarner. Um, zu den Diamondbacks ja. gegangen, Arizona Diamondbacks um, für 85 Uff. Millionen. Um, ja, für mich schon ein bisschen überraschend, weil ich noch um, kurz vor der Free Agency einen Artikel gelesen hatte, dass uh, in San Francisco die Zuschauerzahlen uh, runtergehen, um, also vor allem auch die Zuschauer, die ins Stadion kommen. Und da war es so, dass man da schon den äh, Bamgarner faktor noch erwähnt hat, dass man gesagt hat, naja, so im Grunde müssten sie vielleicht versuchen, ihn zu halten, damit auch noch ein paar Zuschauer mehr da bleiben, die wenigstens ihn dann noch sehen wollen. Ähm, Also wird interessant äh, sein zu sehen, wie die Giants nächstes Jahr spielen und was sie dann auch an Interesse da kreieren können. Ähm, Wobei man da ja sagen muss, ähm, bis auf, oder was heißt, bis auf, im Grunde ist ja äh, Football, Gut, und wenn wir nachher vielleicht noch über die NBA reden, werden wir wahrscheinlich nicht über die Warriors reden, weil die äh, grottenschlecht sind, was unter anderem auch an Verletzungen liegt. Ähm, mhm. Aber das wäre halt noch ein Punkt gewesen, dass sich die Giants da mit garner noch ähm, ja einen prominenten Namen in ihren Reihen äh, halten. Was ja. hältst du davon, äh, Bamgarner jetzt zu den Diamondbacks? Ähm? Ja, sagst du, er ist sowieso jetzt schon äh, jenseits seines Zenits, das bringt nicht mehr so viel. Wie siehst du den Move noch, wenn er das noch so, wenn man den als letzten Free-Agent haben jetzt?
1: Ja, ja. Bullshit. Ähm. When he says it's about winning, it's bullshit. The Diamondbacks were, I, I just looked at the records, 85 and 77, and uh, the Giants were 75 and 85, 77 and 85. Okay, there was no difference. This is not about winning. And I'm looking at his his deal. Six million next year, 19 million, then 23, and then 14 million in 2024. Um, he gets a hotel suite in the road, the right to block trades. What he wanted was he knew... That he may end up being again. He saw Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw cannot pitch anymore. There's going to be a time when when Mad Bum is not going to be Mad Bum anymore. He's going to yeah, be giving. He's going to have a bet. I mean, Kershaw. Go ahead. He he won titles. Exactly, but he also sees that how quickly people can turn on you, even if your baseball's winningest pitcher, like Kershaw. Kershaw.
0: Also bei Kershaw ist es, glaube ich, ja, du, also du hast recht, ja, aber ich sehe das sure. noch ein bisschen unterschiedlich, weil Kershaw halt dieses Problem hat mit dem nicht gewinnen. So, das, ja, hast ja, ja, das agreed, hat man agreed, ja nicht, agreed. ich meine, wenn man ja, sich ja. alleine an die eine Finalserie erinnert, also bitte, die hat ja
1: quasi alleine gewonnen. Exactly. Okay, de, de, but, then, but then, okay, so, so what I'm saying is, if it's about winning, join the fucking Yankees, join the Phillies, join the Dodgers, join the Astros, um, um, if you join the Angels... Angels get Rendon and Bumgarner, then what I just said the last five minutes about the Angels it changes my whole tune. Bumgarner and Rendon means the Angels are going to win the West, but I cannot say that because there's no pitching. But Bumgarner Jones, the Arizona Cardinals, were just as mediocre as uh, the Giants were last year. And you're right, he's won titles. So if he wants to continue, so he has, like I said, he's got, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. Just based on what he did against the Royals, what he did in the World Series, he's won titles. I completely agree with you. But then don't say it's about winning. Say it's about, look, I see what happens with old quarterbacks. I see what happens with old pitchers. I've done a lot. I want to make sure and secure my future. Um, And also, I want to win. But first and foremost, winning, you don't think Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, the Diamondbacks winning the World Series in 2001 was a fluke flair by Luis Gonzalez. Otherwise, Mariano Rivera shuts, those, shuts them down and they win the World Series. Um, I would have been a happy Yankee fan for 24 hours. I would have been a happy New York fan. Uh, say, fuck you, Osama. We won the World Series. America's number one. You know, whatever. But th- that was a fluke. Arizona doesn't – they're not a team that's going to win a title next year. Um, the Dodgers are still number one if he joined the Dodgers if he joined anyone else I would I would agree with him and taking less money but just so I, I just think that for him to say first and foremost about winning it's just the right political and the right uh, um, uh, diplomatic way of saying things why he chose dynamic backs but I really do think that if he chose anyone else even the Mets it's like I want to play in the, I want to play in the big city and I think the Mets are close they need pitching they lost Zach Wheeler I'm going to come in and, and, and pitch for the Mets then that would have been fine. Or even the Red Sox. But just choosing Arizona, I think he loves the West Coast. I and mean, like I said, it's, it's good life. West Coast, good weather. He got a great deal. Um, and uh, and now he can block trades. Um, and, and premium seats at all games. He's basically doing his farewell tour, enjoying life. Friends, family, whatever he wants to do, he got himself a nice, as as we call in, in, in corporate air in business, he got himself a nice golden parachute, and that's what he's done. What he's done, um, there's no pressure to win in Arizona. And of course, if they win, he's a savior. If they don't win, hey, mad bum, he's uh, 17 and five, um, and they didn't make the wild card. He did everything he could. There's, this is in my I said if you damn if you do damn if you don't. This is if he's going to do it, he's going to be um, hailed as uh, making a nice move to help the, the Diamondbacks. And if they don't win, he won't get the blame for that. So I just think that it was a smart move, but it was not about winning.
0: Yeah, good. Not about winning. Hört sich nicht so gut an mm-hmm. bei der offseason. Aber no. ja, gab noch einige andere Verträge. Aber ich glaube da werden wir dann auch eher in Richtung Frühjahr. Um Spring Season reingucken. Mhm. Also, wir haben erstmal so die Großen jetzt abgehandelt und dann machen wir einen kurzen Break und dann äh, wenden wir uns mal der NBA zu. Bis gleich. Ja. Die Warriors, LeBron oder doch ein Überraschungsteam? Weiter geht es bei uns mit der National Basketball Association. weiter geht's beim Daily zum US-Sport und jetzt wollen wir über Basketball reden und über die NBA und ja, wie das manchmal so ist, ein neues Jahr beginnt und es beginnt mit einer traurigen Nachricht. David Stern ist gestorben Mhm. im Alter von 77 Jahren, der langjährige Commissioner der NBA und äh, ja, 1984 hat er angefangen und einfach um mal so ein bisschen zu verdeutlichen, was er, ja, Er schon sehr groß äh, zu verantworten, alleine fast ähm, aus der League gemacht hat. Ähm, 1984, als er angefangen hat, hatte die NBA 165 Millionen ähm, als Ertrag und ähm, der, ja, das Gehalt, der Gehaltscheck, den es durchschnittlich pro Jahr gab, für Spieler lag bei 290.000 Dollar. 2013, als er zurückgetreten ist und ähm, das Ganze an Adam Silver übergeben hat, war der Umsatz 5,5 Milliarden und das durchschnittliche Gehalt liegt oder lag 2013 bei 5,7 Millionen Dollar. Also man kann sich da ungefähr so ein bisschen ausrechnen, äh, wie er das dort vervielfacht hat, die Einnahmen und eben dann auch die Gehälter der Spieler. Äh, Ja, David Stern Ich habe so ein bisschen gesagt, bei mir war das so, damals in meiner Jugend, dieser Ball, der NBA-Ball, auch die replika die verschiedenen Versionen, die es da gab, da stand immer drauf, äh, bei Commissioner David Stern, da war immer dieses kleine Autogramm sozusagen mit drauf, das war schon irgendwie was Besonderes. Äh, und er stand auch so ein bisschen mit für die Liga, also mehr noch in gewissen Bereichen, finde ich, als andere Commissioner, auch bei anderen Ligen. Und ähm, ja, David Stern, Ist sicherlich jemand, der sehr viel für den Basketball gemacht hat. Man hört aber auch ein paar negative Stimmen. Wie erinnerst du dich denn so an ja. David Stern? Also was ist das, wenn du so ein paar Key Facts hast? Was ist bei dir hängen geblieben bei ihm?
1: The fact that I'm living in Germany on a German language podcast talking about the NBA, the fact that I'm covering the BBL, the fact that I talk about the Dream Team and the effect on European Basketball and international Basketball, it all points to David um, for me. Um, when it comes to the internationalization of the game, he, it definitely happened under his steward. Maybe he might have been against it. Maybe he had to listen to everything. But end of the day, he had to make the decision. And you know, it would be nice for me to maybe have a conversation with Tim uh, Tim Frank, a former Houston Rockets PR guy, and now he's the, the head press guy. And I, I, should, I, should, I should reach out to him because I'm sure he worked with him, and he's got some nice some nice insight. You know, it would be, be good if uh, Lars and you and I do go to New York and meet with him. But I, I can imagine that he can give us some great insight on, on way David Stern thought. But let's just talk about the results as a fan, because that's when I grew up. I mean, the NBA, think about it. When I, for, Forget moving to Germany. When I moved from New York in 1988, I really loved the fact that when the Knicks were on TNT or TBS, actually, I don't know if they were on TBS, but definitely on TNT, and then an NBA on uh, the NBA on NBC on Sunday. Living in Houston at that time, we didn't think that it was possible. It's like the only way—if you live in Houston, you're watching the Rockets and the Astros, and if you're living in Seattle, you're watching the Sonics and the Mariners. The way that sports and television grew—the NBA and the NFL and the major League, and Major League Baseball and the EPL. As you read the article in, in in the Ringer about you know these leagues became that way and it happened under his stewardship, so he definitely helped get them where they need to go. And if you look at where they were at the beginning, you know you you mentioned it, but of course, if people don't know, it's like the NBA was not on television. The finals were. Yeah. I mean, I was I was able to watch the. I mean, I know this is technology, but I was able to watch. Golden State and Cleveland on a flight back in June from Los Angeles, live on an airplane, on a fucking airplane, and people in 1979 had to wait till 11 p.m. to watch those finals. Ridiculous. So, um, who do you give that um, that uh, who do you give that credit to? And you have to give it to the guy who says, "Go ahead and do it." And you think about the internationalization of the game, the development of the game, and so on and so forth. For me. It's a little bit tarnished about what's going on or what has happened, um, uh, what happened. And of course, it's being drug up more and more as a Seattle supersonic. So the team that won a title in the city, had rabid fans, uh, meant so much to the city, to, to basketball in itself, um, to lose that. And Stern could have said no. Howard Schultz, the Starbucks, that's why I don't go to Star Sucks anymore. And I mean, people say, God, man, you're Sal, let it go. I said, no, I can't let it go. I do not go to, I mean, unless Star Sucks is the only place I can get a cup of coffee or a hot chocolate and there's something to eat, I am not going to there. I'm gonna help local businesses and I'll go to McDonald's, Met Cafe if I have to. Um, <laughs> by the way, by the way, producer, you can go to them and say, Yeah, look, hey, Sal's preferred coffee is Met Cafe over Star Sucks. But when I tell people that, they're like, dude, I had no idea. Man, dude, you're, you're – I mean I'm passionate about that. If he said Howard Schultz, Howard, you're not selling it to them. Sell it to one of the uh, rich Microsoft millionaires or Boeing millionaires, billionaires, whatever, um, and keep this team in Seattle. To sell it to I, – I, I mean I, I'm sure I'll be interested to find out how all the dealing went. But for me, it was clear. Selling it to Clay Bennett, selling it to a guy that was not from Seattle. And seeing how during those 90s and uh, and the early 2000s, when uh, owners were buying teams to move them around to their hometown, this was clear that they were going. He was going to give uh, um, Seattle a ultimatum, and it was definitely going to move it to Oklahoma City. I mean, that's that's the stupidest thing in the world. I don't need an MBA. I don't need to be a lawyer um, like David Stern was. Obviously, he made some deals, and there were some back back office deals, whatever. So that is tarnished a little bit, but again. Let's look at the big picture. Did he make money for the owners? Yes. Did he make money for the players? Yes. Is the NBA one of the top four leagues in the world, an international name? Yes. Um, The fact that China can shut down everything because one GM says free Hong Kong – that goes to show that the NBA is powerful; that they have influence over everything. And oh yeah, and they got rid of a couple of preseason games. Boo, boo, the fucking who! But the Chinese should know that uh, the NBA is a moneymaker for them as well. So they're not gonna, they're not gonna, do, they're not gonna lose it. They're not gonna cut all ties. So um, that's the way I think about how Howard, uh, Howard Stern, about David Stern, when it comes to the NBA. And like I said, the, one of the reasons why sports has become international and I'm able to be talking about it here in Germany. You can say that he was part of that and 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 he was definitely an influence in my life from the time I got into sports and as a sports fan.
0: Ja, und um, du hast es ja immer erwähnt, die äh, Super Sonics, auch da es dann eben so ja, bittersweet ähm, Geschichten, also mm-hmm. als die Kings äh, von den Maloof Brothers verkauft werden sollen, hat er im Grunde dann auch organisiert, dass sie in Sacramento bleiben. Steve Barmer wollte die kaufen und dann eben nach ähm, Seattle holen. Das passierte nicht. So, Es ist jetzt natürlich für die Fans in Seattle nicht so besonders toll gewesen. Auf der anderen Seite gab es danach dann aber den großen Kauf von Barmer und den L.A. Clippers die für 2 Milliarden. Die Houston Rockets ähm, knapp 3 Milliarden. Also die Teams sind einfach auch wertvoller geworden unter seinem Regime. Ähm, vielleicht auch dann eher cleveres ähm, ja, expansion Managing, was er gehabt hat. Gut, ein paar Geschichten waren halt, ja, die erste Version der Hornets, ähm, New Orleans, das waren eben Geschichten, die nicht ganz so gelaufen sind, aber auch da, ähm, ja, er war halt eben jemand, der seine Meinung hatte. New Orleans ist auch noch ein ganz gutes Stichwort, wenn man noch überlegt, ähm, damals der, der Trade von Chris Paul zu den Lakers, den er dann eben auch verhindert hat, wo er dann eben auch keine Angst vor großen Namen hatte. Ich meine, das muss man auch erstmal machen als Commissioner, den Lakers vielleicht der. größten oder mächtigsten Franchise vielleicht in der NBA neben den äh, Knicks, aber auf jeden Fall einer der erfolgreichsten Franchises denen zu widersprechen ich meine jetzt einfach von der der Marktmacht her also die Knicks nicht vom vom Erfolg her, aber von der Marktmacht ist Los Angeles und äh, New York ja durchaus vergleichbar und ähm, ja, David Stern war also jemand, der einen sehr, sehr starken Willen hatte hat an vielen Stellen geholfen, manchmal eben nicht, aber auf jeden Fall Jemand, ohne den der Basketball weltweit äh, nicht so wäre heutzutage, wie er ist und äh, du hast es ja gesagt, diese Trickle-Effekte runter bis zur BBL, ich sag jetzt auch noch weiter, bis zu anderen Ligen auch, ähm, bis auf den Freiplatz im Prinzip, den äh, hat man David Stern auch in vielen Bereichen zu verdanken. Ähm, ja, wenn wir noch kurz aufs Liga-Geschehen gucken, jetzt ähm, nach, <lacht> ja, es ist ein bisschen mehr als ein als ein Drittel, knapp die Hälfte fast rum. Also wenn ich jetzt gucke, Milwaukee Bucks, Easter Conference, die haben 36 Spiele. Mhm. Ähm, da muss ich sagen, da bin ich wirklich beeindruckt von den Bucks, hatten ja auch schon ähm, ja, eine der ruhigsten langen Siegesserien ähm, oder der unauffälligsten langen Siegesserien, die es gab, ähm, bis auf dieses Christmas Game, wo sie ziemlich untergegangen sind gegen die 76ers für mich im Prinzip eine perfekte Saison bisher Ähm, dieses Christmas Game gegen die Sixers ist auch so ein bisschen dann der Punkt wo man sich vielleicht noch Sorgen machen kann denn die sind im Grunde äh, perfekt aufgestellt um den Bucks Probleme zu bereiten und ansonsten sehe ich im Osten Nicht wirklich eine Mannschaft, die da die Bugs schlagen kann. Also Milwaukee für mich sehr, sehr positiv hervorzuheben. Boston, okay. ja Vielleicht spielen sie dieses Jahr so, wie man das letztes Jahr erwartet hat. Ein bisschen veränderter Kader. Miami ist für mich eine richtige Überraschung. Also, dass die um die Playoffs spielen, Mhm. okay. Aber 25 zu 9 ist schon beeindruckend. Also, das muss man sagen. Und was ich persönlich immer bei Miami im Hinterkopf behalten würde, sobald irgendwo ein Star unglücklich ist, Gibt es einen gewissen Herrn Riley, der am Telefon hängen wird? Also, ich glaube, Pat Riley, auch wenn die jetzt 25 zu 9 stehen, die sind nicht Titelkandidat für mich mit der Mannschaft, aber sie können auf jeden Fall damit schon mal weit kommen. Und wie gesagt, gibt es irgendwo einen unzufriedenen Star, den du irgendwie nach Miami lotsen kannst, wird Pat Riley alles tun, um das hinzukriegen und um den da hinzubekommen. Und ja, das könnte ein Riesenfaktor sein. Was fällt dir zur Eastern Conference noch ein? Beziehungsweise, ja. wenn du jetzt willkommen noch geist, du kannst gleich rüberschwenken zum Westen. Ähm, <lacht> deine Geschichten bisher, so wenn du guckst auf die ja. NBA.
1: Yeah. No, um I mean of course you know we can go into we have a long season and we can talk yeah. about more about Miami when we get there, but just looking at their schedule, excuse me, their standings last year, thirty nine and forty three. They had thirty nine wins all of last year and they already had twenty five. And best so home complete, team,
0: best home team, sixteen to one record 16 at to home. one.
1: Unbelievable. I mean seventeen and two is also good, but but yeah, sixteen to one. Uh, six or sixteen and two, so definitely they're holding home court. That's what you want to do is is um, is a hold home court and then try to go 500 on the road. But uh, Jimmy Butler leading the team, obviously a good pickup um, for them. Um, you know, much maligned, much uh, diva uh, player, and now he's found a home, and and that definitely helps them uh, this year. But I, I I don't know our NBA preview did we just do this the western conference I think we just did the eastern conference and and I'm just looking at it and I was like even making fun of Van Vliet and like the Toronto Raptors are a team to watch us to see how they are without Kawhi Um, they're holding court they're not the best team but at least they're still in the top four they're in the top they're in they're in a good playoff position so they, they should make the playoffs but yes the Milwaukee Bucks I mean this is you know we just had a monumental historical season with 73 wins for the Warriors. And we thought the Warriors were going to be a team as long as Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala and maybe even Kevin Durant or a team like that. Just just those three first three people that there would be a team. And obviously we see what's gone wrong well with them. But we never thought about the Milwaukee Bucks. We knew that the Greek freak is a talent. We know that he's someone that um, is going to be an MVP, that he's going to be leading the team. But if you look at his stats, unbelievable. Uh, Not triple-double, not Russ Westbrook, but at least he's leading in in points, uh, rebounds, and assists. Um, And if you look at his... um, Um, uh, his uh, supporting staff, you know, with Middleton, Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez. Oh my God, where did he come from? Uh, He's always, always making fun of him. Um, But just the team is playing well. And like you said, except for the Christmas day game, which kind of sucks because that's the game. That's the, the unofficial second beginning of the NBA season um, that uh, they lost it. But you know what? Who cares? There's so much of the season to go. Um, They should have been able to, uh, they should be able to be number one in the league. You know, they got a nice, nice little um, uh, a buffer. But of course, come the dog days of uh, NBA. When would you say that is? Like what, March before returning to April? Yeah, so mal, I, yeah I, I, would, like,
0: I would say, um, also ich würde sagen, so auch nach mm-hmm. dem All-Star-Game, ne? also All-Star-Game yeah, Mitte exactly. Februar und dann mm-hmm. so von Mitte Februar, ja, pf, ich weiß jetzt gar nicht, ich müsste mal gucken, wann die trade deadline ist. Die müsste, müsste ja yeah. eigentlich, glaube ich, davor sein. Um, Also das ist so Mitte Februar bis Ende März, Ähm, da ist eher so, du sagst es so, diese Dog Days, wo es dann nicht so um um viel äh, geht und wo man dann eben, oder das heißt nicht so um viel geht, aber es ist halt einfach so, äh, ja, da ist es so ein bisschen, äh, man man hat genug gesehen von der Liga, es geht noch nicht um die Playoffs, es geht natürlich um Playoff-Position, aber um, schon ein bisschen, ein bisschen, ja, um, yeah, worn down sozusagen, Abnutzungserscheinung. Uh, 6. Februar übrigens, die Trade Deadline. Also im Grunde, da wird es okay. interessant, Anfang Februar, Trade Deadline, dann All-Star Game und dann ist so ein bisschen die Luft raus, um, sage ich mal. Yeah, für, I für would say Monat. end of
1: February, beginning yeah. of March, yeah, exactly. And then because April, like at the end of April, that's when everything gets crazy because people are fighting for that, that final spot, so yeah. Um, yeah, they need to they need to make sure that they can get through all that, and of course injuries, but just the way that they're playing, um, we're not surprised because last year it was Milwaukee, Toronto, Toronto, Milwaukee, one and two, two and one, and then also Philadelphia. Philadelphia, not I would say Philadelphia, they should be number two. They should be number three. Um, the fact that they're down in number five right now, um, yeah, they're, they're, I think it could be a question of too many stars, too many young stars. They need to grow together, um, but yeah, the fact that they came, go ahead
0: they're away record, also um, die sind halt yeah. 16 zu 2 mm-hmm. zu Hause du, dieses Weihnachtsspiel war ja auch ein Heimspiel
1: exactly. aber 7 yeah. zu
0: 11 auswärts also da kannst du, da hast du kein Heimrecht
1: ja, yeah, ja, yeah, exactly yeah. The, 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 they, need, they need to, or maybe they're they're just enjoying <laughs> I saw a family guy the other day where uh, they made fun of NBA stars on the road and you know, that's, that's all very um a uh, cliché, but just very a stereotypical, very known what NBA stars do on the road. Maybe they're just enjoying the road a little bit too much. If you know what I'm saying, wink, wink. Um, but uh, they need to get they need to figure that out because if you don't play well on the road, if that's your weakness, as uh, I think also back to Bill Simmons, he says that's the kind of stuff that will come back and haunt you. If it's free throw shooting, if it's three point shooting. It will rear its ugly head at the wrong time, and if Philadelphia does not get home court advantage um, by the playoffs, they will definitely lose the first uh, in the first round um, if they're five or below. So they need to fix it out. But like I said, there's plenty of time in the season. I'm glad that we pre- we we previewed the West. I mean, sorry, the East, and we didn't do the West. Um, we can probably talk about it briefly now. But um, it's good for me to see all these teams, the the teams that we kind of talked about as in terms of watching watching them as we go into the season. Uh but like you said Miami was definitely a surprise on both of our lists and hopefully we'll see them continue to uh, 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 to make some mess of the uh, Eastern Conference.
0: Ja, wir hatten glaube ich damals über die um, also im Grunde hatten wir darüber gesprochen ähm, die Teams, die wir mögen und die Teams, die wir nicht mögen. Um, also im, Im Westen, ähm, ja im Osten, was ich noch erwähnen muss, ähm, Charlotte Hornets für mich auch eine Überraschung die hatte ich als Team ähm, genannt, was für mich eine sehr, sehr schlechte Offseason hatte, bin ich bisher mhm. sehr, sehr überrascht von, also Kudos da nach Charlotte. Ähm, ja, wenn wir in den Westen gucken, natürlich die üblichen Verdächtigen, Lakers 27,7, auch ein bisschen besser als ich gedacht habe, mhm. ähm, ja. Denver, wirklich wieder gut ist Jahr, die Clippers mit ihrem Loadmanagement, mhm. ähm, auch vorne mit dabei, <lacht> ja und dann gehen wir, äh, gehen wir nach Houston, also ich meine, ähm, dein... Eine deiner Städte, eins deiner Teams, ja. ähm, die Rockets. Ähm, ja, was machst du bisher aus der ersten Saison von Russell Westbrook? Also wenn ich wenn ich halt gucke, äh, ich <lacht> habe mir gerade mal die Statistikseite nochmal aufgemacht. Ähm, ja, die Dreierquote liegt bei 23%. Ähm, bei ihm, was jetzt an sich nicht so schlimm wäre, wenn er nicht fünf Stück pro Spiel werfen würde. Ähm, also das ist schon, hm, ja. Ähm, Auf der anderen Seite, wenn man dann guckt, ähm, James Harden 38 Punkte ähm, im Schnitt, also nochmal mehr als er letztes Jahr hatte. Ähm, Ja, ich stelle jetzt eine ketzerische Frage: Ist das Basketball, mit dem du außer in der Regular Season irgendwas gewinnen kannst?
1: Ja. (lacht) Actually, we're talking about one of my stats, uh, one of my cities. Um, I'm surprised. I just saw before you switched away from the east to the west that you mentioned about the Knicks winning three in a row. <laughs> I didn't want <laughs> to
0: to mention the Knicks because we all know that uh, yeah. Janice is no. going to come to them in two years. So
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, and then they have 10 wins. I was like, that's to me the biggest surprise, more than Miami's 25 wins. But anyway. um <sighs> Well, okay. Let's let's take it in two parts. Number one, Russell Westbrook. The fact that he has twenty four points. Okay, we know we can do that. The fact that he only has eight rebounds. We know that he was um, and seven assists. We know that he was averaging triple double. Being on the Rockets, he doesn't have to do much. That is a Madison Bumgarner move. If you want to talk about winning, if Russell Westbrook went to Sacramento and said it's all about winning, that's bullshit. Um, uh, if he went to Houston which would be a, a, a similar if Mad Bum went to, like I said, Philadelphia or any of those teams that are like Houston, the Rockets uh, to win, then, then that makes sense to me. So Russell Westbrook was all about winning. He, he swallowed his ego, swallowed his pride and joined his former colleague, his former teammate to, to try to win in Houston because Houston needed one or two pieces um, to try to get over the Golden State Warriors. Obviously the Golden State is not there, but now if they're going to battle against the Lakers, they're going to need um, offense and they're going to need uh, shooting. So, 38 points a game, and you would think that Harden should have maybe about eight points less because he should also have to do less. But unfortunately, this team—he is the—he is the alpha dog. He is the main guy, and that's fine. Um, if you think about, like I said, um, uh, Giannis scoring 30 points and and look at their record. So obviously, Harden, even when he does a lot of things. It's still not enough. So to answer your question, is this how you win a regular season? Obviously not. When you think about uh, the Lakers, with 27 wins and the Rockets, uh, only four games behind. But um, it hasn't been that breakout season where Harden is and, and the Rockets are winning easily. Um, so I would say that it's going to be struggle for them. Um, especially with uh, how loaded the West is, you know, if the Rockets, if everything, let's just say the playoffs started today, I know it's really, really early, they would play the Lakers um, in the second round, um, and I mean, no, sorry, they would play the Mavericks first in the first round, and then play the Lakers. That's that's really a tough road those first two rounds. They,
0: they're so, not going to make it out of the Mavericks. Y-
1: yeah, exactly. And the way the Mavericks are playing, um, uh, it, it, it's it's going to be tough. But. And and, and and honestly, not the but, but the thing is that even if they have a winning record, we know that they have a tough time in the playoffs. And so it's gonna it's there's no there's no easy road in the West. Um mm-hmm. and the Rockets make it tough for themselves because if something blows up, it's gonna be and all you have to do is stop it harden. Yeah.
0: Um
1: and, and and then if Russ steps up, I don't know, Russ hasn't proven to us, like you said. Kershaw hasn't won anything. Russ hasn't won anything. So, um, uh, whereas um, and, and Harden hasn't won anything either. Uh, they all came close. Uh, so, it's it's said it's it's early to tell, but it hasn't been easy for the Rockets winning. It hasn't been easy for um, Harden. And if Harden has to score forty points a game just for them to be twenty three and eleven,
0: it's ja, gonna und, be tough. Also, und genau und eine Statistik zum Abschluss mhm. des NBA-Segments, wo man im Prinzip deutlich sehen kann, was das Problem der Rockets ist. Ähm, James Harden spielt 37,5 Minuten, Russell Westbrook mhm. spielt 35,3 Minuten. Wenn ich das vergleiche ja. mit den anderen Teams im Westen, ähm, fangen wir mal an mit denen, die noch ähnlich sind ähm, bei den Lakers, also Harden 35,3. Bei den mhm. Lakers sind Davis und, und LeBron James 35,2 und 35,1. Das ist auch noch relativ viel. Wenn du dann aber weiter guckst, zum Beispiel... Ähm, Nikola Jokic spielt 31 Minuten pro Spiel, uh, Kawhi Leonard 31,7, Paul George 30,9. Also die liegen alle fünf Minuten ungefähr, wenn man jetzt von den Lakers absieht, unter dem, was Harden und Westbrook spielen. Und da sehe ich schon einen Unterschied, der, der dann am Ende in den Playoffs einfach vielleicht auch die entscheidenden Körner ja, übrig lässt, wenn du eben die fünf Minuten oder von mir aus die drei, vier Minuten weniger spielst. Bei den Rockets mm-hmm. ist es eben so, sie haben dann nicht it's so gonna die add Tiefe. Up. Ja, mm-hmm. genau. Und es ist ja jed- im Grunde ist es ja jedes Jahr das gleiche Problem in den Playoffs, wenn es knapp wird, spielt er nicht oder er spielt schlecht, James Harden. Und das ist halt yeah, yeah. ja da sollte man well,
1: maybe you can coin the term as you said, the, the Clippers are in their load management. Yeah. This, is load ma- this is load maximization. Okay,
0: but äh, ich meine, es muss es muss ja nicht so extrem sein. Also 30 Minuten ja. muss es nicht sein. Aber ich sag jetzt mal, wenn du ihm zum Beispiel nur 35 Minuten spielen lässt, hast du drei Minuten pro mhm. Spiel. Das addiert sich dann am Ende. Aber gut, ähm, wollen wir mal gucken, ja. was Houston diese Saison äh, dort abliefern ja. kann. Ähm, definitiv no, I, th- I,
1: think I think it's definitely the Lakers season Lakers Clippers, and ja uh lakers clippers and then also if you think about um uh as you said the mavericks um there's there's too many stories there's too many stories good stories um going on as you mentioned also the nuggets um it's just one of those things where um and what's really interesting to me is that how um uh the san antonio spurs are still hanging around at 14 and 19 in the eighth spot but still it's a tough conference It's always been a tough conference there's just too many stories um, uh, that um, will make um, the Rockets' road tougher. And I think right now, if you have Davis, if you have LeBron James, second leading scorer on his own team, and you've got the best record in the West, that is dangerous. If LeBron gets his rest, I think, isn't he, is he also doing uh, load management as yeah, well? You know, taking no, time off, yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he's able to go to see his son play um, – uh, um, um, high school basketball. So he's enjoying his life. This I mean, if anything, he's doing it the right way. He moved here for family. He did, moved there for his post basketball career. And he's he, he's not going to be one of those um, aging stars who said he wished he'd spend more time with his kids. He's doing that. He's building his legacy. He's enjoying it, and he's winning. So last year is proving to be a fluke. They got the right team, the right piece with Anthony Davis, and and uh, let's see how the the playoffs go from there.
0: Okay. Dann war das erstmal unser Ja, erstes Segment in diesem Jahr zur NBA Mhm. und dann kommen wir gleich noch zurück mit unseren Mitarbeitern. Ja, was du möchtest. Du kannst des Jahres, der Woche, äh, was auch immer, erste Woche freie Auswahl. Bis gleich. Danke. Der Passgeber, der Eigentorschütze, der King of the Road, unsere Mitarbeiter der Woche. Ja, und weiter geht's. Letzter Teil vom US-Sport Daily bei Sportradio 360. Und wir fangen an mit unseren Teams, Mitarbeiterinnen der des, Woche, ja, was auch immer du möchtest. So, Feuer frei.
1: Ja, I mean, I know that we already talked about it, but yeah, David Stern, definitely Mitarbeiter der um, Woche uh, in Memoriam. Um. yeah the fact that and I just realized that when I was talking about it I was just trying to pull my emotion I, I didn't prepare anything about David Stern but the fact that I said that we're talking about the NBA every week I know that we took a long break so please forgive us everybody um, but the fact that we talk about it the way the fact that you travel to games I've been able to travel to games uh, living in Germany and and the respect and the welcome that we get when we go to games is unbelievable um, they understand it, and again, the vision is, and the vision, and if not the vision, the implementation of, of, of the globalization of the game, we have to give it to David Stern, and so, like I said, this podcast is here because of him, and so let's enjoy that for now, um, and uh, and I'll give him my soul mit start off the new year, on a positive and a thoughtful note.
0: Ja, dem kann ich mich nur anschließen, und ich mach's ganz schnell bei mir, es ist in dieser Woche mal John Tortorella, Coach der Columbus Blue Jackets in der National Hockey League und den habe ich des öfteren schon mal kritisiert weil er jemand ist, der mit der Presse auch nicht so richtig umgeht ist auch jemand, der sehr sehr schnell ähm, sich aufregen kann, hatte da auch schon diverse Eskapaden, aber in diesem Fall war es so, er hat da kritisiert, dass es eine Szene gab, wo die Uhr noch weitergelaufen ist in einem NHL-Spiel, das war so 20-25 Sekunden vor Ende Und ähm, dann war es so, ja, das konnte man auch deutlich erkennen, es gibt ja in der NHL auch quasi einen Videobeweis, die Schiedsrichter hätten sich das auch nochmal angucken können. Es hat keiner, weder die Schiedsrichter in ähm, der Partie direkt vor Ort, noch die äh, Verantwortlichen in Toronto korrigiert, äh, dass dort ein paar Sekunden fehlten. Dann haben die Columbus Blue Blue Jackets ein Tor geschossen, direkt nach der Sirene. Also das Spiel wäre dann vorbei gewesen, wenn diese paar Sekunden drauf gewesen wären. Das war nicht der Fall. Das war äh, die erste Folge dieser Fehlentscheidung. Die zweite Folge war, dann gab es ein Penalty-Schießen und da hat sich der Torhüter der Blue Jackets verletzt. Und dann war Herr Tortorella ziemlich angefressen. Kann ich auch verstehen. Ähm, Und die Liga hat dann nichts Besseres zu tun, muss ich in dem Fall sagen, als ein Trainer, der vollkommen berechtigt dort die Verantwortlichen kritisiert hat, Auch noch zu bestrafen und ihm eine Geldstrafe von 20.000 Dollar aufzudrücken plus äh, eine Bewährungsstrafe von 25.000. Also wenn er das nochmal macht, kriegt er 25.000. Da muss ich ganz ehrlich sagen, habe ich null Verständnis für. Ähm, Von mir aus die 20.000, dann aber bitte auch ein Statement darüber, dass da was falsch gelaufen ist und dass man das in Zukunft korrigiert. Das gab es nicht, fand ich furchtbar. Also deswegen John Tortorella, diese Woche mein Mitarbeiter, Woche 1 Mhm. im Jahr 2020. Und ja, Sir, vielen Dank für deine Zeit. Ich hoffe, dass wir das jetzt auch wieder regelmäßiger hinkriegen. Liegt ja meistens an mir mit den kleinen Kindern. Aber ja, vielen Dank an dich. Guten Guten Start allen Hörern in das neue Jahr. Und ja, dann sage ich mal bis nächste Woche. Ciao. Ciao. Das waren die Daily Nuggets auf sportradio360.de. Versäumen Sie nicht alle anderen Podcasts aus unserer sympathischen Familienwerkstatt. Schon gar nicht die Big Show. Jeden Donnerstag neu.